Hey everyone, welcome to the Impact Show 2.0. I'm your host, Matt Diner, and this is the show for sport coaches, strength and conditioning coaches, and fitness entrepreneurs who want to increase the impact they have on those around them. I'm excited for our show today. It's my first episode since taking over for Jim Kilbasso. If you had a chance to listen to our last episode, and I hope you do, uh, we just got a chance to talk about what the original vision for the show was, where we're taking it. Jim's certainly going to stay involved in this whole process, but I'm just excited for this opportunity to just take this journey with everyone as we collect information, stories, hear from those being interviewed that that have some information to share to really dive into some of these um, just different areas where we can have impact, whether it be relationships with clients, whether it's building a team, leading a business. We're going to talk about a lot of different things and As we mentioned on the last show, one of the first things we want to do is take a step back and really look at what's our why, how can we improve and learn and grow as leaders because the first step towards having an impact is knowing what's, what's the intended outcome of what I'm doing, why do I coach, and today's episode is really going to dive into that. So it's part one of my conversation with Ron McKeefrey, which I'm super excited about. We had an awesome conversation that we're actually going to split into two parts. So first we'll hear from from him. And then after the interview, I will be sharing four questions that every coach, strength coach, or leader should ask themselves. These may be questions that you've heard before. And even if you have just a great chance to take a step back and evaluate how you're doing. But if you haven't heard them, it's a great opportunity to start this journey by asking yourself four important questions. But before we get to that, let me introduce Ron McKeefrey. In case you're not familiar, he has been in the strength and conditioning uh, world for over 20 years. He's been named the Collegiate Strength Coach of the Year in 2008 and 2016. He's worked with over 80 athletes that have gone on to play in the NFL. He has also authored a book, CEO Strength Coach, as well as a new book that we're going to be talking about in our interview called Weight Room Wisdom. So you'll hear more about that in our conversation. Um, And he's the host of a popular podcast called The Iron Game Chalk Talk. He currently serves as the Vice President of Performance and Education for Play. And you can find out more about that at playperform.com. That's P-L-A-E perform.com. Uh, it's a great conversation. I know you're going to learn a lot from it, so be ready to take some notes. And, and again, you'll hear from me after with a, with a few other questions and things to think about. Um, but without any further delay, here is part one of my conversation with Ron McKeefrey. Well, Ron, first, I just want to uh, let you know how much I appreciate you taking some time to um, share with me today. I know you've been a great friend of the podcast on multiple times with Jim Kilbasso talking on a variety of topics, but this is our first time to connect. So I just, I'm thankful that you're willing to share your knowledge with me and our listeners. So just, just thank you for being on the show with me today. No, Matt, it's awesome. I'm, ex- I'm excited to be here and uh, Jim's a great friend and um, to hear what you guys are doing and, and how you're passing this along and keeping it going is, is uh, exciting and um, I'm glad to be a part of it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I, I want to dive right in and first congratulate you on the, the new book. That's exciting. Weight, weight Room Wisdom. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 been a it's been a labor of love for the last couple of years, but it's uh it, it turned out great, and we're real excited about it. It seems like it. I'll I'll let you share a little bit more detail about it, but to give the the quick version, it's a collection of ninety nine stories from strength coaches all around the world. So so really, I want to start with what was your inspiration behind putting this collection of stories together, and, and how did that process work? Yeah, in the intro of the book, I, I really talk about this, um, but it all stems back from uh, my senior year in college. My junior year, we went one and nine, and as a competitor um, and a leader and all those things, I mean, I, it was it was you know it was one of the roughest years of my life, and uh, you know you know it sounds crazy saying that, but it really was, and. We, we lost our head football coach and we hired a new 26 year old head football coach going into my senior year. And so, um, you know, I was, I was fired up about him in the interview process and, um, but you know, it's a 26 year old head football coach, you know, and I was, I mean, I was 21 years old at the time. And so, um, a lot of unanswered questions, you know, and, and one of the very first workouts we sat down and while we were stretching, he read a story, um, that, that basically is a, a story of John Goddard and John Goddard was very much like a, almost like a, an Indiana Jones, you know, he, he set these goals, these incredible goals, like, you know, you know, tr travel to every continent or every, every country and speaking like 14 languages and, you know, uh, you know, leading a, 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 a snow dog expedition up in Alaska and all these, all kinds of crazy things like this when he was like 14 years old. And, um, you know, that just, you know, it, that story resonated with me. And that night I went home and kind of wrote my own little list of goals and in the dorm room. And, um, I was just intrigued by the fact that that story could have that kind of impact to where that, that story is still on my phone as an Evernote, you know, awesome. 25, 25 years later, you know, and I still work from it and try to accomplish all those goals, you know? And so, uh, the storytelling process, I ended up going and working for him later on at Eastern Michigan. He's the head football coach at Eastern Michigan, Chris Creighton. And, um, uh, just a, I mean, just a storyteller, coach Dungey was a storyteller. All these great coaches that I had worked with through the years used story to kind of talk to us about being a better human being. And, um, you know, to me that that's what it's really all about when you get into coaching you know, the, when you're in it long enough, the winds, the level, the, the, the gear, all those types of things, those are great. But ultimately, it's, it's being able to have that type of impact on, a, on an athlete that's important. Yeah, that's awesome. So how did the whole process work out of, of you connecting with all these different coaches all over the place to, to get the stories together? Yeah, I wasn't, you know, I was inspired by the old Chicken Soup for the Soul books. You know, I remember reading those when I was, you know, um, you know, just graduated college and was reading those books and was always motivated by them. And um, use, I would use a lot of those stories in my own coaching career and sat back and really thought about how, you know, I wondered what other coaches use, what other stories did they use. And so occasionally I would ask and I would get a new story and I'd kind of file that away and um, I was, I decided to kind of work on a second book and, and, uh, was thinking of ideas and that, that's what came to mind. And by building up a network, um, through the podcast and different things that I do, it was, it was pretty easy to reach out to a bunch of other influencers and, 
and uh, get their stories and, and uh, try to combine it in, into a book. And that was the challenging part was trying to, to make it sound cohesive and, you know, and, and all those types of things, but it, it uh, but it was fun. And, and again, I think you know, I'm really proud of the product and, you know, and, and I think it's most importantly, and it's already has, you know, a lot of coaches have already reached out and said how it's made a, a daily impact on them reading a story and triggering something and then going out and, and using that or something else uh, with their athletes. Oh, that's got to be fulfilling getting those, getting those texts and calls. Um, so you mentioned in there your network. So I, I imagine that you can't pull off a, a book of this magnitude with that many stories from that many authors uh, without keeping up with your network. So what, what do you do when, when, it's, when you're at different shows or clinics or things like that? How do you keep your network strong and stay in touch with some of these guys that, you know, I'm sure you're not around all the time. So how, how do you build and keep up with that network? Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, where I'm at in my career now, it, it's more about giving back and serving the community than it is trying to um, go out and seek those things. So for, for me, at this point in my career, it's, it's constantly giving, you know, just being, you know, giving myself in some capacity, be it a podcast, be it a book, be it speaking, be it, um, you know, social media, whatever it might be. It's just trying to give resources and give back to the community. By doing that, you know, it, it, it either inspires or it, or it, or it's celebrated by, our, you know, our, my colleagues, I guess. But when I was young, you know, I think yeah, there's a lot of young coaches that are probably listening to this. I think it's about trying to niche down into a space where you can become an authority, you know? And so if you're, you know, I, I had the same goals. I wanted to be the best strength coach, still want to be considered one of the best strength coaches. Um, that said, you know, when you compare yourself to Mike Boyles and, and Ken, you know, Ken Manny's and Mickey Marotti's and, and guys like that, I mean, yeah, it's going to be, that's going to be a tough sled in trying to become the best strength coach when you're, when you're walking with those kind of guys, you know, those kind of guys. But if you niche it down, maybe you can become the best strength coach for high school. Maybe you can become the best strength coach for quarterbacks for high school. You know, you know, if you start niching down, you can become an authority. And then once you're an authority, um, then you have a platform to try to, you know, to be able to give your opinions and, and, and start to build an audience. And once you have an audience, then you can kind of talk to them with whatever you decide that you want to talk to them about or whatever they want to hear, you know? And so, um, early, early on, I think networking is about trying to find your voice and then, um, and then trying to be a resource for other people that are, that are having those similar questions. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great insight. So I, I was going to have you pick out your favorite stories from the book, but I'm not going to put you on the spot like that. Uh, cause I'm sure you couldn't pick just one and that's, that's just not nice to make you pick, pick a few, but I am going to have you talk a little about one of the stories you shared. Uh, and I thought it, it resonated even with what you just said about um, finding your niche of, uh, you know, how do you focus on, on what's important? You had, you had a story called The Lion Tamer, and, and it really kind of speaks to a lot of people being in that waiting phase and not acting. Um, so would you tell us a little bit about that story and, and maybe why did you choose that one? What, did, did it resonate with you? Is that, that personal meaning or... Um, you know, what about that story made you compelled to tell? Yeah, I think the story is, it, you know, it goes basically, 
um, you know, I, when I was a kid, I would go to the circus with my parent, my parents every year, and I would be enamored by the, the 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 lion tamer, you know, and how this person would walk in there with nothing more than a whip and a stool, and you know, there'd be three lions doing whatever they asked them to do, or or you know, not eating them, and I was always blown away by that as a as a kid, and I'd either heard that comparison somewhere or. You know, none of this stuff is original thought. It's how you implement it that's original, I think. Um, but ultimately, why that lion is does whatever that type, that tamer asks to ask of them is because that stool has four legs and it makes them kind of cross-eyed and it make, it paralyzes them because they're not able to focus on on the person. And there's so many parallels to that with athletes and, and not being able to focus in the moment and what they're doing and, um, and, and work, but also as coaches, I think, especially now with so much information out there, um, you know, so many different ways that you can go about creating income and, and all these types of things that, you know, if you're not, if you're not completely focused in the moment on what you're doing or where your feet are at, um, you often also get paralyzed and you don't make any steps forward. And so uh, in my career, I mean, there's an acronym that I use in a, in a presentation that I give that it, it talks about focus and it's follow one course until success. And so early in my career, um, yeah, I would keep binders on my, on my shelf of different topics in strength and conditioning. I'd have a speed binder and a, a you know, a strength binder and a nutrition binder and I would collect all this information. And once the binder was full, then I would write my paper, like paper on that topic. And that would be my, that would be my position paper on that topic. And everything that I would read from that moment forward would be comparison to. Um, and so I think that that's, you know, in, in an information overload type of environment, you have to kind of be able to, to center yourself in the moment. And you gotta, you gotta figure out where you're, you know, you're, you're gonna get the most bang for your buck and move the needle forward. And, uh, you know, there's a great book, um, The One Thing, I can't remember the, the color, I think is the, the author, mm -hmm. um, but, um, but about centering in and focusing on the one thing that's going to move your needle forward and, and allocating as much time as you can to that. Along with that, you know, you talk about narrowing that focus, and I love that acronym. Um, one of the things that, that I've, I've found to be true is that if, if you don't have that driving force behind everything you do um, and really knowing your why, it, it's going to be hard. You're, you're, gonna overcome, you're not going to overcome obstacles and challenges uh, because you, you don't have that. Why am I doing what I'm doing and why am I striving to get better? Uh, so, so my question to you is well, what's your why and how do you keep that in front of you as motivation? Yeah, I mean, you know, when Simon Sinek wrote that book, it was really powerful for a lot of things, you know, start with why and really kind of center in before you can know the how and the what. And I think it's so great um, to determine that about yourself. Um, you know, writing that first book, CEO Strength Coach, it really kind of centered, you know, really kind of gave me some, an opportunity to figure out what that was for me, you know, and um, really two, two things that, that, you know, that, that are core, that are connected, that, that are my why. One is, I, I grew up in a single parent home with five kids, at, you know, with a dad that was, uh, you know, from a Vietnam vet, came back home with a, uh, you know, drug and alcohol problem, was post-traumatic stress disorder, was not 
was not a good dad in a lot of a lot of ways, right? And in and out of our lives, and eventually out of our lives. And you know, because of that, you know, I saw how broken our family was. I saw how much money was an issue. I saw how hard my mom had to work. Um, you know, uh, all those types of things. And I was, you know, bound and determined, and always have been, to be a better husband and father. You know, to my family, and, and to kind of right the ship with my with my generation, and that's always been my why. Um, when it comes to coaching, during that same time, I grew up in a, a you know a, we grew up in inner city Kansas City and, and near a, a football field. Um, and uh, one day I was walking home, and I, I went a different direction. I never you know we didn't have money for football, and stumbled across a football field. And long story short. You know, ended up watching the football practice. A coach, you know, kind of grabbed me by the hand and sat me down to the side and let me watch practice. And um, that one decision by that coach that day changed my whole life. I mean, it's it's given me a career that's taken me around the world. That's provided for my family in a big way. And um, you know, and and um, you know, he could have easily kicked me off the field that day and could have easily said to get out of there and and all that. But instead, he took the time and put me off to the side and let me watch practice. And, um, you know, I wanted from that moment, I wanted to be that uh, the quarterback. I want, you know, I, from, from there, I found the weight room from the weight room. I found, you know, a college scholarship, you know, college, I found strength and conditioning and the rest is history, you know? Wow. So yeah, awesome. my why as a coach is that I want to be that, I want to be that coach that, that lives in the moment that a little small action makes an impact on somebody else's life like that. That's great. So, so you mentioned that that word impact, and, and obviously we're we're on the impact show. And as, as I, I look to carry on the vision that that Jim had, Jim Kilbasa, when he started the impact show, and I know that he truly wants to help coaches and strength coaches have an impact uh, over whatever their sphere of influence is, um, in whatever field they're in. I'm really interested as we kind of continue with that vision and maybe, you know, maybe take some small turns here and there, but uh, what, what does that word mean? How, how do you define impact? Yeah, I mean, I think you said it. I think it's very simple. I think it's influence, you know, and I think uh, having to influence other over people, um, both good and bad, you know, is, is impact, you know, and I think that that's, you know, maybe, I think as you go with this show, most people are going to have a positive connotation to that and, and talk about the positive part of it. But equally, you can have a negative, you know, impact on people as well. If you don't have a good attitude, if you don't treat people right, if you, you know, you get yourself caught up in all the, all the bad things that, that, you know, that are out there and, and whatnot. And um, so many of the athletes that I've dealt with, that's what their world has been. You know, their world has been drugs and alcohol and, uh, surrounded by chaos and and all these things and and my role in that is to try to provide some normalcy to provide some hope to tr provide uh, a different vision of what their life could be and um, and, and try to find ways to do that that are going to be um, more impactful than the years of seeing it a different way and um, and so I think as coaches that's what's that is ultimately why coaching is what is one of the greatest professions on the planet is because you are literally taking people, whether or not they were born with a silver spoon or not, you're helping them 
see a different vision or carry out a vision um, for their life that maybe is unreachable in their current, you know, with the way that they, they currently view the world. All right. Well, that was part one of my interview with Ron McKeefrey. Hopefully you took some notes, uh, enjoyed listening to what Ron had to say. I, I love his intentionality with everything that he does. Uh, he truly seeks to, to make a mark in everything he's doing. But not only that, he wants to help others do the same. As you heard, that's how he built his network, uh, by providing value, finding his niche, and I think that's a great lesson for all of us and an encouragement as well. So um, next week I'll be posting part two of that interview, uh, which I'm really excited about as well. But now I want to get into something that I mentioned at the beginning of this show, the four questions that every coach, manager, or leader needs to ask themselves. Again, as we begin this journey, how can we reflect and be self-aware so that we can truly grow? Um, this is a resource that the link will be in the show notes. Um, it's from my friends at the 3D Institute who help coaches understand what it means to coach in all three dimensions. That means reaching not only the body but the mind and the heart uh, of the athletes and people that you're called to lead. And um, this resource is actually... Um, diving into the four mindset questions that were first developed by legendary coach Joe Ehrman in his book, Inside Out Coaching, another must read. So I'm going to share those four questions with you and, and dive in a little bit. Uh, first, we need to ask ourselves, why do you coach? You heard me ask that question to Ron, uh, and, and he immediately has an answer. He knows that driving force behind why does he coach why, how, and that should drive your decision making. It should drive your habits and decisions and everything that you do. And I think it's so important not only to know what your why is, but have it written down, have it in front of you. Um, or else it's very easy to, to stray from that with different opportunities and distractions as they come up. So knowing uh, why you coach or, or why you're in the position that you're in um, is important as we start. The second question, why do you coach the way that you do, you know, or why do you lead the way that you do? And the answer for most of us is that's, that's how we were coached or that's how we were led. And, and not that uh, we may have had some great coaches or great bosses or people that we were under, um, but if, if all we're doing is replicating how we were coached, we're missing out on some best practices. We're missing out on the ability to learn and evaluate and grow. Um, but a lot of us fall back into autopilot and just coach the way that we know um, without really looking at how can we improve, how can we get better. So I think that's a great question to ask is, is why do you coach or lead the way that you do? The third question, what does it feel like to be coached by you? And this may be the toughest question um, because it means intentionally seeking feedback from others. You can answer this question yourself, but it's going to be an incomplete answer. Um, you really need to hear from people in your inner circle, or especially uh, if you're a coach or strength coach, you need to hear from the athletes that you work with. Or, or if you are a, an entrepreneur leading a business or managing a team, you need to hear from those team members on how are you doing? And do you have a system set up to receive feedback? 
whether that's through surveys, through small groups, through one-on-one conversations. There's not a a one-size-fits-all for it, but you need to have a plan of how am I going to receive feedback um, and not only listen to it, but how am I going to take that and grow and learn? Uh, It's one thing to to hear from it, but it's another thing to act upon that and say, well, how can I improve? Um, Because how it feels to be coached by you uh, is a huge part of this because we may have an intended outcome or effect we want to have, but if we're missing the mark, then it's time to reevaluate some of the decisions we're making and some of uh, maybe the processes that we have in place. So third question is, what does it feel like to be coached by you? And then finally, the fourth question is, how do we define success? And again, whether that's coaching as a strength coach, as a business leader, it's an important question to know what does success look like or else we can't evaluate if we're, if we're doing well or not. And what I love about this from the 3D Institute, it says, note that the answer to this question should be the fulfillment of the answer to question one. So knowing your why, your version of success or your answer to what, how do we define success needs to answer that. And I think that's so important where a lot of times uh, we believe that we truly have a why, but when we evaluate success, it's based on completely different factors or, or a set of rules. And, and all of a sudden, we notice ourselves ourselves uh, going away from our intended purpose or our original why that we set up for ourselves. So I love the fact that it mentions the answer to that has to be the fulfillment of our answer to question one. So those are the four questions that every coach, manager, or leader needs to ask themselves Again, hopefully it's an encouragement to you as well as a challenge. Take some time over the next week to seek out feedback, answer the questions, take your time on it. This is not something you want to rush through. Um, If you've already done this, it's a good time to reflect back on how you're doing. And uh, the goal with this show is to continue to hear from industry leaders, from authors, from speakers, and provide some resources and links and websites to to really help you take this journey into how can we truly increase our capacity to have an impact on those around us. So check out the show notes. You can also view the website at impactshowpodcast.com. So I hope you check out the site. Um, But until then, that's it for this episode. I will uh, publish the next episode in a week on, on part two of my interview with Ron McKeefrey. Uh, but thanks for, f- thanks for listening, and I will um, talk to you all next week. Thank you.